I think it's thinking about relationships, you know, um, uh, who do you know and who knows you and who knows what you can do. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Susan Ritchie. Joe and Sue met online a good long while ago and are members of a small Facebook group where they have really got to know each other even though they have never met and only spoke for the first time for the podcast. Sue is an executive coach and trainer who helps emerging leaders to develop their leadership presence, creating more impact and influence in order to take their careers to whatever heights they choose. She's the author of two books, Strategies for Being Brilliant, 21 Ways to Be Happy, Confident and Successful, and her most recently published work, Strategies for Being Visible, 14 Profile Raising Ideas for Emerging Female Leaders. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Sue Ritchie of Susan Ritchie Leadership Development. Hi Sue, great to have you with me. Hi Jo, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for asking me. It's so exciting because we were saying earlier that we've been Facebook friends and within a, a group where we actually have got to know the people in the group quite well and yet we didn't know each other and yet again we have quite a lot in common with our sort of relative businesses so really excited to be talking to you. It's lovely isn't it yeah I mean you know we've been in that group what three years or so um, and the nature of the group yes we do know each other quite well now and uh, so it's lovely to be able to speak to you at the last. Yes exactly I probably have to add some more people to the list won't I? (laughs) You will. So start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. Okay, so I'm Sue Ritchie and I run a leadership development um, business called Susan Ritchie Leadership Development. And basically my aim is to help improve the quality of leadership in the world, primarily through uh, helping more women to move into more senior leadership positions. So my specialist area is in helping them to develop their leadership presence so they create more of the impact they need to be successful as leaders, which obviously helps their teams, their organisations and their businesses to be more successful as well. So I'm here in the UK in Lincoln, uh, but I work all over the country and uh, work internationally as well. Uh, Last year I went to the Middle East and delivered some women's leadership Um, programs there so I coach which is my favorite thing to do in the world um, one-to-one leadership and exec coaching I design and run workshops for organizations and I also write books I'm the author of two books strategies for being brilliant and my latest book strategies for being visible 14 profile raising ideas for emerging female leaders Um, yeah so in a nutshell that's what I do Jo Wow, sounds very exciting. And I can't even imagine what uh, doing leadership training with women in the Middle East is like, because they've got so many 
extra challenges to what we have in <laughs> in the, the West. They do. they do, they do. And you know, I lived and worked abroad for eight years um, in Southeast Asia and Central America. And I have to say, when I went overseas uh, on the uh, on the first day, I did think to myself, actually, this is not for me. It's a step too far. The cultural differences are too too big but on the second day uh, they all came in and they just absolutely loved it and I've had some of the best feedback I've, I've, I've ever ever had from it um, but it, it was it was a challenge I will be completely honest it, it was a challenge um, yeah but it was very rewarding um, yeah. apart from that Mm. yeah yeah and do you work from home when you're not gallivanting <laughs> I do I do work from home mainly I have just started uh, it's a bit of an experiment really um I've hired an office one morning a week um in Newark which is a short train ride away just to give me a bit of a change of scenery um change the energy up a little bit um and that's that's working nicely whether I will continue that over after Christmas or not I don't know but I have found I mean I've been in business now for about nine years that um, I don't know just the urge I just needed some different surroundings and a bit of different energy um, and that seems to be kind of uh, meeting that need for me at the moment but mm. mainly I've got an office now a, a dedicated office at home which is quite a luxury and I'm very lucky to have it um, and it you know it's a very nice working environment and a room that I use as well to see any local one-to-one -one clients as well so it's quite mm. nice. It's interesting that thing about sort of working outside of home one of um, my friends Kathy who was actually on the first show that we did Kathy Brown she um, signed up when she was doing a particular role for a while with a local co-working space because she really needs people around her when she's working even mm. though she's obviously working you know individually um and you know I think I've said before on the podcast I I now quite often I'm working all around my house I and mean, it might be from bed from the garden yeah. from my office from the dining room table from the kitchen table and uh and I was I was reflecting yesterday I was on the train coming um you're actually going into London and thinking how I do very specific things on the train because it really cuts down my options because with the high speed train in Kent, we go through so many tunnels that the internet's rubbish. Right. So really I can only do offline work on the train. So actually some of uh -huh. the deep work, you know, writing blog posts or reading things or or, or sort of certain things I've set up knowing I won't have the internet. I sort of think I always need to build in a London trip every week just so I get that time to yes. do those things that yeah. I wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because when I um, last year, I was up and down to London quite a lot on the train for work and I I cannot work on a laptop on the train. And I, I see loads of people doing it, but it's really not for me. And I take some of that time to catch up on reading. I'm a recent convert to podcasts. So I've started listening to stuff and, you know, Joe, just looking out the window and having a bit of downtime. Um, you know, yeah. if you've been delivering a full day's workshop. The last thing I want to do is get back on my laptop and start doing work. So, you know, I hop on my, my, you know, my phone and pootle around a little bit on social media. But I think, you know, having that downtime in your day um, when you can't be connected to the world or you don't want to be connected to the world is actually quite a good thing, isn't it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So tell us a bit about the, the backstory. So you've been in business nine years and you have a very specific... A mission in terms of women and leadership 
How mm-hmm. have you ended up doing that, given everything that you've done in the past? Um, well, my background was in teaching. And um, as I mentioned, when uh, it was in 2002, uh, I was a single mum and I moved overseas to Southeast Asia um, to the island of Borneo. I gave up my job, gave my system a car, sold my house and um, moved overseas. And um, that uh, was like a pivotal moment in my life, really. And it kind of propelled me into a situation where I was completely alone apart from a little boy. So I was in a different country, uh, different culture. I had no support mechanisms around me whatsoever. uh, And it all felt quite alien. And putting myself in that situation helped me to draw on inner resources of strength and confidence that I didn't realize that I had. Uh, And it made me um, act very consciously to build relationships, to network and I look back now this is what I was doing at the time when I was a teacher I didn't call it all of those things I didn't realize what I was doing but with hindsight that's clearly what I was doing so I would network put myself in um, you know challenging new situations force myself to go to these uh, to to events and build a network and make friends Um, and then when I moved to Central America had to do exactly the same thing again and then when I moved back to the UK in 2010 did exactly the same thing again we moved back to a part of the country where we'd not lived previously and at this point I got married um, so I had my husband with me but I changed careers so I left uh, teaching and I was in um, middle management in a school and um, so I'd done that for 20 years and I knew that I wanted to set up my own business so I set about retraining as a coach and then hit the networking scene in Lincoln and networked like a mad thing for about two years and it was exactly the same skills I needed going into unknown situations with people you don't know and building relationships and putting yourself out there and having to be confident, demonstrate confidence, create the impact you wanted to have, Um, even though inside, you know, certainly in those early days, it was like, what the hell am I doing here? You know, I don't know anything about the business world. It was immersing myself in that new situation. And then when I started building my business um, over I would say over the last five years, the whole leadership presence and personal impact thing has become a real thing for me. And it draws on those early experiences. And when you're in a new leadership role or you want a new leadership role, you it's the same kind of skills and knowledge that you need that I needed then all those years ago. You know, how do I want people to experience me? What impact do I want to make? How am I going to build the right networks for myself? Am I going to be connecting with the right people um, and all of those sorts of things and uh, the the women issue is just something very close to my heart I look at the state of the world leaders and I despair I think they're appalling Um, (laughs) and I think you know there's a new way for leadership and that is a more uh, I don't want to get all fluffy here but you know uh, female leaders have a lot to offer and Um, We have a different style, a different way of doing things, and there needs to be more room for us, not only because it benefits the world, but actually it's the right thing to do. Um, Mm. And if you, you know, study upon study has shown that organisations where there are equal numbers of men and women in senior leadership roles are happier, more positive places to work, and they are more profitable. 
and that's the bottom line um, for it. So that's 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 why I'm here, Joe, and that's that's what I do. And you know, the whole vis the, the visibility book that I wrote, it's a, a thing I found with with clients a real reluctance to speak up and uh, share their successes, their skills, their strengths, and ask for what they want. I did a um, a workshop a couple of weeks ago, and there was a woman there who was the CEO of an organisation. And we were talking about speaking up and asking. And she gave an example of a young man who'd started in her organization. And she said, he's, he's very clearly said to me, I want a job like yours. Um, I want to be a CEO. And she said, he's obviously decades off it yet. But just him voicing that in the office has made people look at him differently. And he's now being given opportunities that he wasn't being given before. And I watched every woman's face in that room just this dawning realization and their jaws were hitting the floor because none of them were doing it um yeah and the sad yeah. fact the sad fact is if you don't um if you don't raise your profile and if the right people don't know what you want you you won't get it you just won't mm -hmm. um and i just thought right there's you know i can help <laughs> i can help here um and that's that's what i did and that's why i i wrote that book and um yeah it's kind of it's mm. something i feel I, I think passion's an overused word but it is something that i'm i'm driven by i would say yeah 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 so, there's so mm. much in there firstly i want to say oh my god how mad was that to go to borneo as a single mum yeah i know i know i know and when i look back now when i did it at the time it was it was just something i did and it's only when i've come back the other side of it and i start telling people that story they they have that reaction like you did what and I'm like, yes i did and it was you know i was in and the thing is Joe, i was in my late 30s when i did it and i use this i do motor you know some you know talks yeah. and motivational speeches and things and and you know i say to people you don't have to be in your early 20s at the beginning of your career to think that you can up sticks and do these things because i was in my late 30s with a nine-year-old son i've been on my own with with him since he was four months old you know i had the house the job the car the whole lot and i just made that change now it sounds as though i made it overnight i didn't it you know i had a job to go to it was a considered and planned move but i challenge anybody you know the biggest constraints we put in our lives that come from ourselves and the yeah. stories we tell ourselves and you can and you know most i'm gonna say everything is possible but most things are more possible than you might think yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah said this wasn't even a midlife crisis that was like a pre-midlife crisis so maybe it was due to the yeah. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um it's interesting the thing you're saying about you know sort of setting out your stall that that um that guy that said you know that's what he wanted to do i think i read one of your yeah um blogs yesterday and have shared it or will do um about uh somebody leaving an organization and um everyone clamoring for the role it was the pen one that was you wasn't it yes yes it was yes yeah yeah, yeah. that positioning because the mm. they think it's the sexy role to have and everything else but the person who actually is likely to get the role is the person who's you know planned their future and made sure they got to know the right people and studied yeah. you know the roots and all, all that sort of thing and it's interesting because having been in corporate myself and having had my own business now for 13 14 years I often say bearing in mind I do employee engagement and leadership you know training and facilitation yes that 
that I think quite often people in corporates are quite one dimensional. And I mean that in terms of their sort of outlook on business and their careers, because you especially if you work for a big company, you you grow up with the company culture and, and that this is how we do things around here. And certainly myself, I came up in the retail industry and I worked for really big companies. And we never networked outside of our company because we didn't need to. We had a massive organization and we networked within our organization, which was fine whilst we were working there and moving around within it. But obviously then when you start to move outside of that or start to think about shaping yourself as a, as a leader and, and your career and everything else, there's a massive gap because you haven't really been out in the sort of big wide world, if you like. Is that That's something right. that you can do? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, um, it, it, the fact is, particularly these days, you know, gone are the jobs for life. Um, yeah. And there's so much movement in the job market that, a, you know, a huge part um, of developing, you know, your career is is it's not enough these days, I think, to be internally networked. You have to yeah. be externally networked as well. And when you do that, it opens you up and you can feel quite quite vulnerable. And that is about, you know, uh, how do you present yourself how do you want people to think about you how do you want them to experience you what side of yourself do you want to show to people um you know managing online profiles you know using linkedin or or twitter for example a lot of leaders on don't have skills in doing that and it's an important part of managing your reputation and deciding what you want to be known for and if you want to move you know, move organisations, then you have really got to seriously think about how you're how you're going to put your best foot forward, you know, how you're going to present yourself online and out there in your industry. And yeah. that is part of, you know, what I, what I help clients to do is to think mm -hmm. about that bigger picture. Um, yeah. yeah. Just a little coffee. Um, yeah. And, and of course, there's so many parallels between that and being a business owner, uh, you know, running your own yeah. business and, and getting out there and, and making those connections yeah. too. So let's just sort of dwell on this for, for a minute. You know, I don't know, three top tips or, or you know, the key thing that you think is important for people in terms of, of that um, getting themselves out there, whether they be a business owner or, or within a leadership role within a corporate. Um, I think it's thinking about relationships, you know, um, uh, who do you know and who knows you and who knows what you can do? And there's a phrase I use with when I do workshops and that is, you know, you've got to be loved by the right people. And that is true who, wherever you work, whether you work for yourself or whether you work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you if you want to grow your business, you've got to be loved by the right people, the right people that are going to buy your, um, your, your products and services. And if you work for somebody else and you want to, you know take your career to further heights again you've got to you've got to be loved by the right people that the right people have got to know you and know what you can do so I think it you know you can't get away from the fact that relationships really are at the at the, the heart of everything I, mm. I think um I think consistency <laughs> um is a is it's a word that keeps coming up again and again for me um you know, one of the reasons I believe I've been successful as a business owner is because I'm consistent and I've had that feedback from people. I have consistently used social media for nine years. I use it in slightly different ways um, than I did nine years ago, but I use it consistently. I have consistently produced content um, 
that I share on social media. Uh, I've written books. I'm, I've been consistent in developing my message and putting my message out there. And I think a, a mistake a lot of business people make is they they don't have that consistency and they, you know, they might do a few tweets this week and next week while they remember, but then they'll leave it for another six weeks. They'll do a few posts on LinkedIn uh, and then they'll, you know, go away and won't come back to it. They'll write a blog post once every six months. And, you know, and I see this, I see this quite often and, and I hear the frustration from people. Well, why, you know, why aren't, why am I not getting more clients? Why why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? And it's because you're not there. Um, I'm sure you 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 you'll find this, Joe. You've got to be uh, front of mind for people, which means mm. you've got to be visible. And when somebody thinks about the service or goods that you provide, your name needs to be the one that comes to mind for them. And that will yeah. only happen if you are consistently there <laughs> i had a yeah. lovely client once and she said to me she said to me um she said when those doors of opportunity open sue she said i want to be standing there she said in that door frame with my hands you know either side of me saying oh, i'm here this is me um it just really made me smile because you know and she she was really successful um yeah it, and it's yeah. it's because she was there and i would say that is absolutely absolutely key <laughs> um so yeah I absolutely agree and I I have my own um examples of how how I might make that happen and and it's around you know systems and processes and outsourcing and I've got something happening just making sure there's a way of it happening really easily otherwise it isn't Mm. going to keep how do you make that happen for you oh right well I um I'm a big fan of paper and pen so I I still keep um, a traditional paper diary and it's got a pay it's got a week to review so I can look at my week and see where I've got things in and I find that helps me enormously I have tried an online diary on my phone in the past many many years ago I had a Blackberry and it crashed on me and I lost everything on it and that frightened me so I've always had a paper diary since then um i also i'm a big fan of a notebook um and everything has to be written down for me um having said that i did discover a few years ago um microsoft is it micro word or one one note i don't know who it is one one note i I found quite useful because it allows you to you know you can clip things from the internet and post that anywhere on the page and that's quite a useful tool um but I, I I don't use anything else really as sort of a, 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 a apart from that if if you like yeah. and I've got things like um so I like using there's an app called Flipboard I don't know if you've come across it yeah. um yeah. it allows you to collate news articles into magazines and you follow different topics and it's very good for keeping yourself up to date um it's like a portal for everything uh, and that I use that quite a lot um and it gets all of the top information about various topics I'm interested in one place and that saves me an awful lot of time um, I've used that for years and now I've got a, an iPad Pro with a nice big screen I must go back to it because it is a beautiful interface I remember it's, um, yeah it's so, lovely uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's really nice RSS feeds together but um, I, yeah I must I must revisit yeah. it yeah and I I came across something called pocket the other day that somebody recommended on twitter but I can't Mm -hmm. quite work out how it works and whether it's just a different 
different version of Flipboard. I'm not sure, oh, but they. Um, how it works, if you'd like, I use it extensively. Oh, do you? So tell me about it. Then. <laughs> I guess yes, it would be um, an alternative to Flipboard. But the the way that I use it and find it really useful is that anything I come across that I want to read, I just add it to Pocket. So you have it on your browser or you have it on your phone or whatever, and you just share to it, and then it keeps it all. To, you know there until you read it um so you know that bit about you get a newsletter and there's three links to really interesting looking articles but you really don't have time to read them now and you open them up on on tabs and you think i'll read them later and then you shut your computer down and you yeah. lose them and all that stuff. You don't, yeah. with pocket you literally can open them add it add it to pocket and you've got it um and it works offline as well so those times you're on the train and you haven't mm -hmm. got um, internet access you can use your pocket um, articles and, and read through there and then I have it connected to um, my buffer account through um, Zapier the automation tool so that I can tag right. things and then as a result of tagging them they automatically get shared onto my social media so I've used pocket for a long long time and I can't remember with Flipboard is it RSS feeds it pulls in or is it as you say particular hashtags that you're following or how does it I know which know. I think it's a hashtag. I think it must be on a hashtag. I'm not very yeah. technical, um, but you tell it what subjects you're interested in. So I've got, you know, um, leadership, emotional intelligence, yeah. women's things, and it draws them all together. And then you just you open up the, the stream and you flick through and then yeah. you can find an article you want and you can share it to your own magazines or. Yeah. So I, th I think that must be how it works. So again, sorry work offline as well I don't know that it does mm. so this might be you might so I use Feedly to collate content that I might be interested in so for example the reason I read your article is that when I have a podcast guest signed up I automatically mm -hmm. add their blog to my Feedly account so once a week I go through Feedly and, and add any content that I see on there into my pocket account um that i'm interested in reading um for later if you like um right so yes. I guess flipboard probably fits within that so i'll have to go back and see how that that then works yeah. but um yeah but yeah so it, it's a pocket for you by the sound of it would be for those offline moments or articles that you do want to read but you haven't got time to read now you can then collate them within that app and that might be mm. a mm. nice way of being able to go to them when you're ready sort of thing yeah definitely the other thing i've started using is um my my timer on my phone um i if i'm not in a training room uh i'm generally sitting at a desk and i have found um yeah i'm in my early 50s now sitting down all the time isn't doing me any favors so i um i i, I set timers so i'll set a timer maybe for half an hour really work productively for half an hour then i'll get up and i'll i'll go and do something for another 20 minutes and i've found the days where i stick to that i am incredibly productive and it feels really good um mm. and i know you can get those pomodoro technique timers can't you that do a similar thing um yeah. but i'm finding at the moment actually just setting setting the, the timer on my phone works Works, uh, works, yeah. works, yeah, works, works really nicely. And I guess um, it's all other You know, those so timing again, gives you flexibility. So if you've you set a timer for twenty five minutes or forty five minutes or whatever, and then you want to take twenty minutes to do something different, you can just do that. Whereas if you use an app, then it, it's you know you have to sort of determine 
what a work period looks like and what a break period exactly. looks like and you can't then be flexible yeah, yeah. No, mm. no that's right yeah. that's right so I'm finding that's really um, really helpful and the other thing I do is uh, I diarize most things so in that way I can fit in things like exercise going for a walk um, I'm no longer a gym member but when I was I would diarize my gym sessions uh, mm. and then I could I could work around them so I'm a big fan if you, if you want some if you want to get something done put it in your diary um, as a, a discrete activity and then that allows you to work um, work around it and therefore work it into your day um, yeah and I also decide the night before what my main tasks are going to be uh, I, and if I don't do that I struggle I, I flounder um, and I end up feeling quite purposeless sometimes so for me that that is just a very simple thing but it works really well I get up and I think right okay I'm doing a b and c first thing mm. um and it just it helps me almost to feel like I'm going to work if you know what I mean um yeah, yeah. and then I've got a background list of tasks that I I, I know have to be done at some point uh, and I have to write it all down or record it somewhere um gone are the days of trying to remember um all of these things it just doesn't um yeah doesn't work um <laughs> it's interesting you say um, about the paper I, I regularly say to people that probably 95 percent of my guests have have um said that they are on the side of pen and paper and not technology um yeah. which is to me and so it, it it interests me you know every time people say that and i was um showing a, a colleague yesterday my um new membership site power to live more calm and they're in there um under the materials section is a, a sleep journal and it was really funny because she said i said you know so obviously if you're somebody who's looking at focusing on improving your sleep then this is something that you could use i said you know it's not for everyone i said i wouldn't use it because i because she said oh well i use an app to monitor my sleep why would i use that and i said well so do i i said but would you know do you know 95 percent of people i talk to on my podcast use pen and paper <laughs> so it would be useful to them <laughs> because they can monitor it by writing it all down i said it's not what i would do but you know it's interesting how many people yeah. love pen and paper <laughs> i i yeah i i think with a pen in my hand um, and I, you know, I'm talking to you now, and I've got a pen in my hand, and there's no need to. Um, but I just, there's just something about it, and there's something about the physical process of yeah. writing that helps it to stick with me. It helps me to be a bit more considered. Um, yeah. And I, I, I spend an awful lot of time online staring at a screen, Joe, and I'm finding that you know I have to wear glasses for reading. You know, my eyes get very sore. Um, and you know my uh, my posture isn't always wonderful if I've been at the computer or staring at my phone uh, for a long time and I just think for my own health and well-being really um, going back to those old those old-fashioned ways of doing things and post-it yes. notes you know if I'm planning big sheet of paper or post-it notes on my on my summer room wall fantastic I'm very visual and I think one of the things for me is on a phone screen, so with my diary, you, you, it brings it up day by day. I, I, I like to see a week at a glance what I've got in my yes. diary, and I can only do that on a paper diary. So, you know, yeah. who, who knows? At some point, I may have to move to a, an online booking system, for example. But at the moment, it's, it's, you know, it's not an issue for me. But you know, I never say never say never, but <laughs> it's horses for courses, and you know, personal preference, everything 
something to do with you know what the the things I've always found interesting in the whole sort of productivity organization space with people is that it's all well and good to say this is you know something that could be useful and and does work it's like well it could be useful and does work for me it may not be for you and it may not work for you and you might need need to do something completely different it's all so personal and you know we've just shown this all already about you know where you work what you you know what you work with and yeah studies have shown that writing can be really helpful um in sort of uh internalizing uh stuff um so you know there's there's evidence to say that's really important too but then there's people i don't know if you're one of these people when you have a conversation with somebody you always have to sort of sketch out the outline i I remember having a um a coffee with a friend a couple of years ago talking about a new product that i was thinking about and she grabbed a bit of paper and started like making a diagram to show how it would all sort of plan out wouldn't even cross my mind to get a pen and paper and do that at all it just is not my thing it's really funny because some people need that to think don't they they do and i would do exactly the same yeah I would do exactly yeah. the same almost make make a map of it um and yeah, yeah that's very much my thing and it does help my thought processes um yeah, yeah. i could never have one of these businesses that was planned out on the back of a fa- back, back of a fag packet fag as they packet, say yeah because i wouldn't draw any of it out so you know i might end up with this massive big conglomerate and and not have that as a story but maybe that's why maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. you need that in order for it to work really well (laughs) um learning and improving yourself i mean you've you've had massive life changes and you've already Mm. talked about how you've taken those learnings into you know the next thing and um i guess some of it was in retrospect you know we often do things and don't realize how much we're learning in the moment uh but you know moving forward how you know you haven't moved across the, the the world this year. How are you no, keeping yourself no. <laughs> developing? <laughs> um, I'm an avid reader, so I um, uh, I read I read lots of books. Um, I go. I'm a member of um, the UK Association for Coaching, um, the sort of like the uh, professional body for you know leadership and executive coaching. Uh, so I occasionally listen to their webinars or go on one of their courses um i have just started listening to things which is quite a departure for me really and um podcasts i've quite got into podcasts and one of the ways i like listening to those is if it's going for a walk so i walk uh you know walk to the supermarket 15 20 minute walk and i'll plug myself into a podcast and um there's some great absolutely great ones um, out there that I uh, really enjoy. There's one um, called How to Own the Room by a comedian called Viv Goscrop. I think that's how you say her name. And it's fantastic. And it's 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 um, she interviews famous women for their advice on how to show up and be seen and and ace public speaking. And it, you know they're fantastic to listen to. And it's you know a subject after after my own heart. Um, so that's that's been um, really interesting to uh, to listen to as well. Um, so I find that an audio books. I've just signed up to Audible, partly because mm-hmm. my own book is going to be on Audible. Um, and I thought I'd better listen to some and, you know, uh, hear how hear how they how, how they're done. And that's, again, a really interesting, um, really interesting thing for me because it stops me. Um, 
stops me kind of multitask. Yeah, I don't multitask actually. No, it, it makes me pay attention in a different way to what I do when I I read. Now, whether it's I'm going to have to go back and listen to things twice and make notes because again, it's the whole the whole writing thing. Uh, mm. I, I like to make notes, so and we'll see how that goes. But I've just started. So uh, Brené Brown. Um, her Dare to Lead book. I've just started listening to that one, uh, but I've got yeah. books, bookshelves, and bookshelves and bookshelves um, of of, um, of books that I just love. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I'm I, much the same. Although, I've I think I go through sort of um, stages of you know like really into listening and and you know devour all the podcasts and then stop doing that and read lots and and it almost seems like I. I have to sort of change it up a bit like, you know, going into different rooms <laughs> to work and people yes, have to. Yeah, yeah. Same on the yeah. Mm. And yeah. Whole, so we've been talking sort of productivity and how you organise yourself. I'd be really interested in your sort of thoughts about how people in leadership roles in organisations are being affected in sort of this this modern world if you like of of digital and you know email and overwhelm and and all that sort of thing because mm. I, again I see a lot of um you know business owners focusing on some of this stuff and the personal development piece because it's it's almost a theme if you've got you know your own business and you're a coach or a consultant or whatever all around you are people talking about how you need to work on yourself and develop yourself and all that sort of thing and that isn't always such a, a strong theme within organizations but I guess I think it needs to be what well, what are you seeing with that and, and and with the you know the modern world as it as it were for, for the the future leaders I think this whole um this whole idea of overwhelm um is is underappreciated and there were whenever I work with one-to-one -one clients there are various topics that always come up one of there's always a conversation for example around demonstrating confidence battling the imposter and, and what have you but something else that comes up frequently and i think is um is not given enough credit is the importance of managing your energy and focus and minimizing feelings of overwhelm and i think if you don't learn to manage your energy and your focus properly um those feelings of overwhelm and that you're not coping will very quickly knock the legs out from under you and just derail you and mm. um I, it's surprisingly quickly that it happens uh, and it, it, you know the things that you you talk about joe the importance of prioritizing what is it that you should be doing and only you can do and why isn't everything else delegated off to somebody else you know just those 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 basic questions you know what what is it you should be doing in your role why are you still doing all the other stuff that you did before you got this role and that's quite common because they know how to do it it's a comfort blanket and um so there's generally always a conversation around that but it, it's we you know we're on call all the time aren't we that this social media i mean i'm as guilty as this of, of, of anybody i have periods where i'm very aware i i you know i think actually you know what i'm spending far too much time on twitter of an evening or whatever um and then times where it will just my usage will gradually build up again and i see this in people uh and it yeah, just it's not doing us it's not it's it's not doing us um 
it's we're not well because of that habit um, and it's doing us a disservice and I think you know getting systems and processes in place understanding the nature of your role what your priorities are being consistent like I said earlier and being ruthless as well and you know really setting tight boundaries around yourself um, and learning to say no uh, not always possible and I do say to clients if saying no will get you the sack don't say no but <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know if you are somebody who says yes to everything and then you know you're heading for you know a, a nervous breakdown or something you for goodness sake it's it, we've got a responsibility to make sure that we're well and yeah. um, learning to learning to set proper boundaries for ourselves you know you can't and I say this coming as a, a recovering recovered mate people pleaser um, mm -hmm. you know you make a make a rod for your own back so it's incredibly important um, to make sure that your you know your work and your well, your life that includes your work is one mm -hmm. that um, promotes your health and well-being as, as much as you can um, yeah. yeah it's okay it's it's a real theme in organisations. We're we're recording this on um, World Mental Health Day or whatever the um, yes. title is. All these days, I can never get the words right. Um, and there's such a focus on the whole mental health piece, you know, in the country as a whole. And organisations are picking that up from a sort of well-being point of view. But I always, not always, but in lots of these cases, I see that there's a disconnect between you know, thinking it's important and thinking we need to do something about it and then piling a load of, you know, crap on people, <laughs> expecting them to yeah. get it done regardless. And those two things often, you know, are at, at odds and, and it's really difficult to, to, to stop that happening. But what we need is people to manage their own, as you say, boundaries and sort of understand it's their energy and their mental well-being that they need to take responsibility for, regardless of what's yeah. going on around them sort of thing. Exactly, ex exactly. And I, I you know, I, I think you're quite right. There's there is often a disconnect. And, you know, it's almost like you need to hold the mirror up to some of these organisations and some of these teams and some of these offices and say, look, you're saying this, but the reality is this. Um, and, um, you know, and that's where good quality leadership comes in, Joe, isn't it? You know, um, leaders who prioritise um, their, their, their teams, their people, um, and, you know, they treat people as human beings and encourage people to leave on time or limit the amount of overtime that they do. Um, they encourage people to get up from their desks. They don't, you know, um, make, uh, you know, unhealthy and unhelpful office rules or, you know, um, they encourage people to take a lunch hour, to eat some food, to, to move around and, um, you know, to, they create a culture within their team, their office, their organisation that is kind to people. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I, I use Twitter a lot. And at the moment, you know what? I'm quite horrified by it. I, the behaviour I see on it, the names people are calling other people. Um, and, you know, I, I just think we're just descending into this these murky depths of quite bad behaviour and um it needs to change it really does need to change and it, it can start with you know being intentional about how 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 am i being today how am i showing up um, and am i being as kind as i can be how am i speaking to the people in my office um 
and yeah all of the, the, the those basics of what it means to be a decent human being um, and it's not rocket science but somewhere along the line uh, you know I think we've all kind of forgotten this um, yeah it's a bit sad isn't it yeah 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 oh we're getting all deep here <laughs> <laughs> So it's been such a, a great conversation and, and a, a further opportunity to, to connect, as we said, other than our sort of social media relationship. Um, a couple more questions for you, though, to finish off. Firstly, okay. um, firstly, what about on those days where it all goes horribly wrong for you? How do you deal with those? Uh, I get up and I walk away. So I had this, <laughs> I had this uh, last week. I was trying to do something and it just wasn't working. So I, I shut my computer down pushed my chair under and I walked away and I went and read a book I watched some tv uh potter in the kitchen do some cooking and I go back to it again the next day with fresh eyes uh, and mm. if it's still a challenge then then I will ask somebody you know I'll, I'll pick up the phone or say right what do you think about this but give yourself some space um you know I, it's yeah almost almost everything can wait 24 hours not everything granted but a bit of space a bit of time a bit of headspace um and you come back to things with a fresh perspective and i also think having having um a a coaching ear and by that i mean it doesn't have to be a professional coach and i'm but somebody who listens very well uh, and can hold up the mirror to you a bit and my husband's very good at this he's a voice of reason and he's kept me from many a meltdown <laughs> in the past just by helping yeah. me see reason and to have somebody like that to speak to um, is absolutely invaluable you know and it can be a friend family member partner um, you know it's you know a child my son's very good at it as well you know somebody that can see um, see past the the crisis that you might be in and actually say hold on a minute <laughs> you're not seeing clearly here <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm a great believer that the, the world can be put to rights over a cup of tea and a biscuit as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, go and put the kettle on that's that's my first port of call <laughs> yes yeah sounds like a good plan it have to be a gluten-free biscuit for me though so, but yeah we'll go right. for that <laughs> mine would mine would be accompanied by a slice of cheddar cheese so. <laughs> Oh, and tea. Interesting. Interesting. And tea, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. We won't go there. So, last question. <laughs> it might it might crop up as an answer to this question. Um, on those days when you get to live more, and that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things you want to do, and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What does that day look like for you? Does it include well, cheese? That, and tea? It, it will include. It probably include cheese and a glass of wine at some point um, along the way. On those days, and those days for me are typically when my husband has a day off and we go out for the day. And so I live in Lincolnshire, about an hour and a half from the coast. So we might go to the seaside. I love going to the seaside, walking along the beach, having fish and chips, um, have, you know, having, having a drink somewhere, uh, a good walk to blow away the cobwebs, coming home, having a bath, getting in my pajamas, snuggling up under a blankie and watching something on TV. And that is just a perfect way to spend um, to spend a day. And we're actually going to Cornwall tomorrow. And I intend to do quite a lot of that stuff. <laughs> As lush. It's funny. I've never really been a change into my pyjamas type person, but I have got sort of home clothes that I have to change out yes. of when I 
you know, go out. But um, I've recently got some pajamas that are really nice and comfortable. So I have started to get into that. Yes, <laughs> I know yeah, you would yeah. Name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Just just getting rid of the day. Um, yeah. uh, having a bath. I like bubble baths as well. Um, and I, you know, put meditation on in the bubble bath. And But for me, a nice bracing walk along a beach, um, fish and chips and fresh air blowing through my hair um it's lovely i don't think you can beat it no it's funny um talk about fish and chips ellie asked me the other day when payday was which is interesting because um my husband has a you know corporate job um yeah uh, i immediately knew what she meant it was because quite often we'll say we're having payday tea which is fish and chips <laughs> yeah yeah that's right that's and right yeah <laughs> I said, I said we didn't have it then did we but we'd had it on a separate day so you know you can only have it once a month <laughs> she's already you know planning it in her diary as to you know when when's the next day that she can have ask for fish and chips exactly <laughs> so yeah she knows exactly what you mean brilliant speaking to you sue tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you Okay, so um, my website is Susan Ritchie, and that's R-I-T-C-H-I-E.co.uk. And there's loads of articles there that I've written. There's some resources and there are some um, free books that you can download as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, and that's at Susan J. Ritchie. And I'm on Twitter quite quite often, so you can pop and say hello. I'm also um, on LinkedIn um, and you can I think I'm Sue Ritchie on LinkedIn as well. Um, so you can find me there. I've got an Instagram feed as well. I am Sue Ritchie. I don't often talk about that. Um, and that is where you will see pictures of my dinner and stuff. But um, so, yeah, those are the social media places. And my books are available on Amazon, um, Waterstones. Uh, the second one is Barnes and Noble, if you're in the States and Kindle. And the green one will shortly be available as an audio book as well, which is quite exciting. So, yeah, come and come and say hi. It, you know, it'd be lovely to um, uh, virtually meet some of some of your listeners, Joe. Lovely. Thanks, Sue. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 139, you'll find them there. And I'd just like to say Happy New Year. Hope it all went well for you. We had our French friends over for the evening and uh, it was quite funny because we'd seen them the previous week. We were skiing in France in the Alps and we had lunch with them on Christmas Day and they live uh, just over in the north of France so they'd come home at the same time that we did and they came over here for New Year so a week apart we saw them in two completely different places (laughs) so there's lots of talk at the moment about planning for the new year about setting resolutions and all that sort of thing and if you'd listened to the podcast for a while you'll know that I don't particularly set really uh sort of defined objectives for what I do in my business or my life I like to have a vision of what I want to do or what I want things to look like in the future and then sort of corral what I do towards that vision in various ways and I really believe in taking small daily actions in the right direction rather than sort of getting really caught up in lots of big planning processes and then not actually achieving half of what you've set out to do for various reasons whether that be because you've done all the planning but then actually putting it into practice is the next step and doesn't quite happen or because you don't take those small daily actions to move you towards whatever those objectives are and also I think the thing with 
January and New Year's resolutions and, you know, all the people who end up down the gym for, you know, a week or two and then <laughs> that's it sort of thing, that we get all excited about these sort of new beginnings and planning far too much and, and planning far too many changes in our life, which is really hard to sustain. And so, you know, it doesn't then happen. So I do think about how things are going to be as I move forwards, whether that be in January or September after the summer or maybe after Easter or whenever it might be. But I also don't think that it's about just sort of, as I said, one time of the year. And it's about thinking about habits and small changes that you can make that you can sustain and keep doing to move you towards that end vision rather than necessarily, you know, starting a new part of your year or life or whatever with, you know, 25 million new things that you're going to do and 10 things you're going to drop that you've been doing for ever and all that sort of thing because it's just so difficult to keep that change happening if you make such radical changes so on that note I have got an exercise that I read from Tim Ferriss who wrote the four-hour work week a few years ago which you might want to try which is to look back at your calendar over the last year and do a column of positive and a column for negative and each week go through and make a note in the positive column of all the things that happened that were obviously positive <laughs> and all the things that happened um, that stand out through the year that were negative that sort of took you in the wrong direction and then at the end of that review think about how you can do more of those things that are in the positive column this year so see the people do the things arrange stuff that's more similar to the positive stuff that happened that helped to move you towards your vision and how can you stop doing the stuff that was in the negative column or at least uh, or at least reduce what you do related to the stuff in that column so don't see those people that are you know draining your energy rather than adding to it don't do the things that caused issues or cause you issues or that you don't want to do so basically a bit like I talk about in my fundamental of simplicity how do you work out how you can do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you don't want to do or that are negative and, and don't work for you so give that a go and do let me know how you get on. You can always email me joe at powertolivemore.com. We're doing it in the membership this week and going to talk about it at our weekly calm call on Friday. So looking forward to seeing how the members have got on with that and I'll be doing it myself. The other thing you might want to do as part of your uh, planning for 2020 is come along to my webinar, which is actually on uh, Monday the 6th of January, i.e., tomorrow if you're listening to this as soon as it's been published uh, but it will be live for a week before I put it into my membership site and I will give you more notice in future of such things if you remember last week I did say that it was coming up and that I'd let you know about it this week uh, part of my delay has been putting in uh, place a process to be able to do these on the first Monday of every month for 2020 and uh, I do like a good process in order to kick things off <laughs> just that obviously I've been on holiday and I left it right to the last minute but anyway uh, what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow is my five fundamentals for being able to live more whilst running a successful business and so that will be a good opportunity to have a think about how you can apply those fundamentals into your life and your business for that purpose and there's also a checklist which is available on my website already that you'll be able to download to be able to review each of those fundamentals in terms of your own life and business so um, I urge you to 
uh, pop over to powertolivemore.com forward slash next webinar. And actually, when you're there, you can join the webinar list so that I can remind you when they're coming up. But you can also register for all of the webinars for the year. So you only have to register once and then you can just join each of the webinars. And throughout the year, we'll be talking about various topics that relate to uh, home-based coaches and consultants and the challenges that we have in running our businesses but also in being able to live more at the same time so we're going to cover areas like outsourcing uh, email management productivity and getting stuff done and simplifying and some of my other fundamentals as well so do come along to powertolivemore.com forward slash next webinar so that you can register for those and then as I say each month I will send out reminders so that you know what the current topic is and as I said even if you're not available to listen to the live webinars then do bear in mind that they will be recorded and live on my power to live more website for at least a week after each of the webinars before they go into the membership site and of course if you're looking to look back at previous webinars you can always join the membership uh, which it, you can find out more about if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm I haven't actually taken down the 2019 offer at the moment which is for a month free and then 37 pounds a month moving forwards I will be taking that down shortly um, as I said I haven't really been working over the last couple of weeks and once that's come down then the ongoing price will be 97 pounds a month for membership so if you have been thinking about joining then uh, quickly <laughs> would be a good option because you'll get the best deal before I make any changes for 2020 so uh, finally again the show notes are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 139 and we look forward to speaking to you next week use your power to live more